Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Emily. And today is... Today is a day, and I am recovering from being sick. It's that kind of a day. Yeah. My husband's come down with something. Yeah, it's uh, it's like one of those head colds that like, you try to shake and just you cannot get rid of for whatever, whatever you try. Yeah, you've been sick for a week, right? Yeah, it's been like a week, and like it's... Like I like Dayquil won't even get like my sinuses clear. It's like super pl- plugged up everywhere. Yeah, Dayquil doesn't always work for me. Yeah. So on that note, I, tonight I'm drinking orange juice mixed with Sprite fifty fifty. <laughs> I I had some orange juice earlier. I had some uh, friends over for brunch. I made chilaquiles and uh, we had some mimosas. So I had some orange juice left over from that. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun. We were they were over for uh, a few hours. We watched that movie, Best in Show. Have you seen it? I don't think I have. I'm sorry to say it's about dogs, but it's Aww. still a great movie. I have a hard time with dog movies. They they never live up to the hype. This isn't that kind of dog movie. Okay. It's um about the the Westminster Dog Show, and it's that kind of improv comedy. It's the same people who did like Spinal Tap. Oh, interesting. But it's making fun of dog shows? Yeah, basically. It's kind of an older movie. Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe I might have to go watch that. You should. Um, I don't think it's on Netflix or anything, but it's it's worth checking out if you can, you know, if you want to rent it or anything like that. It's it's a weird one. I'm, I'm, I'm never one to uh, shy away from the weird. Neither am I. Yeah. And I kind of feel the same way about um, pedals. Right now, the folks at... Um, Electro Foods Pedals sent me uh, one of their prototypes to, to check out, and they didn't tell me much about it, but it's a very angry fuzz pedal. And what's cool about it is last night I, I spent quite a bit of time with it, and uh, the first time I plugged it in, I kind of turned the volume a little bit and found it almost unusable that you couldn't really crank the volume on the pedal very much without it just becoming completely overpowering. It's just got that much volume on tap. Oh, so much. But I realized it, it um, it's very responsive to the, the volume on the guitar. Oh, the input. Okay. Yeah. So uh, that was really, really cool um, to figure that one out. But it's really cool. I can't wait to, you know, see how they take the – I know they sent it around to a, a bunch of folks. I really just can't wait to see um, what they do with all the input they get. Yeah. Yeah, it's always really cool to get a pedal that's not available to the pro- to the public. It's like one of those in progress, and they're like, "What do you think of this one?" You're like, oh, "You're asking me." I get to change the way it is. Well, well, no, they get to do the changes. You just get to yeah. tell them what they should I do. change, or just give them some feedback. Maybe a little less volume on tap because it still is quite loud. Loud, loud is good. I know. Loud can be good. I always worry when I'm I'm demoing a pedal that's like a prototype or like any piece of gear that's a prototype. Like I'm always worried that like, oh yeah, well you know actually I think it'd be really good to change this. Like, and then like for I like I know this is irrational because no one's gonna say, hey, I'd like your feedback if they're not actually interested in your feedback. But I always worry that I'm gonna do that and they're just gonna be like, 
you're dumb. Why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's like that little voice in the back of my head saying, they're going to ignore all of your suggestions. Mm. But Yeah, and that would feel bad. Well, it's not like, you, I mean, unless you buy keep the prototype, you'd have no way of knowing if they changed it from the. Yeah, but if they do, if they do take your feedback into account, you feel so smart. Right, big man on campus. So tasteful. You're like, ah, yes. Lift the chin up just a little bit more. <laughs> like, you know why that's just that way? It's because I thought it should be no. that way. Go from staring at the ground in front of me to staring at the people's shoes in front of me. Just that little extra nudge of the chin. Still not super mm. proud of yourself, but just a little bit more than you were before. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, yeah. So you're sick this week. That is sad. Um, I don't recommend it. Given the option, I veto. Rick is sick, so it's interesting to see if I'll be able to avoid it. I'm, we're about 50-50 on not catching the other person's cold. I mean, that's always good. Yeah. My wife just doesn't get sick, so. You see, Rick used to say that, and I think it's just because he worked at FedEx, so he couldn't really take sick days. And he would never think of, like, not going into work because he had, like, a cough or a stuffy nose. Like, the only time I remember him really not going into work at FedEx was when he was, like, actually, like, had a stomach cold or something or food poisoning. Because you can't really, yeah, you can't really do anything with that. But he'd always go in when he, even if he had, like, the sniffles, because he just had to. And that's not fair. Yeah. That's bad for everybody. Like, the person delivering your packages is hacking all over them awful nobody wants that yep but someone's got to do the job right i guess yeah just you gotta get your two-day prime packages yeah at what cost yeah i feel that i i i'm not one to call out from work easily either but part of that's because i if just yeah that's not on my workplace right now the culture is more ai Unless you're like dying, don't call out sick because there's real it impacts everybody else if one person mm-hmm. doesn't show up. Yeah, I feel lucky that isn't really my situation. And, and working from home, um, you know, if I, it, my my boss just really cares. Like, are you getting the work done? Because otherwise, he doesn't really care when you do it as long as you're not missing like client calls. So that's a relief. But um, I think it was this year was the first time in a few years I took a sick day and actually just slept all day. And I was shocked when like the next day I felt so much better just from one day of actually legitimately resting. Yeah. Yeah. But is this a guitar podcast or is this a personal health and politics podcast? Oh, we didn't even get into politics. What are you talking oh, about? Oh yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Well, I just, the idea that people should have sick days. Oh, is that a political thing or a human rights thing? Although I guess those Man, two get mixed up a lot lately. Some yeah. people get really like defensive one on either end of that spectrum of whether or not people should get sick days. Anyways. 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 Well, let's um, talk about sick pedals. Let's talk about sick pedals. But first, let's talk about a sick community. Oh, gosh, that sounded bad. Well, that's what, you got to say it like, let's talk about a sick community, dude. You're you're from California. You get it. I'm from the Midwest. I don't have that kind of slang, dude. 
Oh, yeah. But even me saying it like that just now kind of hurt my soul a little bit because that's not actually how people... Well, that's just such an over... That's a caricature. Maybe they talked like that in the 80s. Sick. Tubular. Hang 10. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard someone say tubular. Like in a serious... Like all my years living in California, like rad and gnarly and like that's all like totally normal and i feel like i feel like i've heard more people use the word phantasmagoric in conversation like sincerely than tubular but you know what i do think that our facebook group is tubular it's it's full of cat memes it brings joy to my soul oh man it's just someone posted today that he he liked that he he finally has a place to combine his two favorite passions offset guitars and cats and i feel that so personally oh definitely and that dude's super red that's the the guy from czech republic rom um, yeah yeah and i've enjoyed all of the time i've spent in czech republic so thank you for listening to the podcast dude and i uh, i like that guy yeah i laughed so hard today he posted that thing with the cat and the ice skating <laughs> yeah, I mean, I found the the page that I got posted from it. It's it's a whole page of just like portly cats, portly cats. Photoshopped <laughs> onto other images and videos. It's great. They have like a fat cat calendar. What if we did a calendar that was just fat cats playing offsets? That that could be exciting. Maybe Chad Jennings could help us with that. That could just be get exciting. some good, yeah. Just get some good outlines, uh, some transparent PNGs of those Jennings guitars, and then just put them on uh, Chubby Kitties. Speaking of Chad, that was a heck of a lot of fun to record that episode with him. He's a super cool dude. Oh, that Christmas episode! If you all haven't listened to that Christmas episode because it dropped on Christmas, um, please do. It was so fun. He's just such a great guy and so funny. And if you did listen to that episode, uh, let us know what you think on our tubular community. Yeah, our Facebook page, our Facebook group, the Get Offset Podcast. We have a group, we have a page, and then the other big one is the Instagram um, at Get Offset. Definitely shoot us some comments. If it's particularly funny, we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah, I don't know if you saw um, last night, Andrew, I posted a video um, to the story of me playing this little bit of Prince and then I asked people what their favorite Prince riff was to play and people were messaging me and it was it was really nice oh yeah I was people too, love Prince I was too sick to notice I'm sorry it's okay it wasn't impressive um I'm sorry speaking of Chad um is he is he sponsoring today's show I believe so I believe he is how nice of him to do that yeah, he's a red dude. Yeah. We would appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he makes great guitars, Jennings Guitar Company. Again, listen to his podcast. Follow him on the Instagram. And check out his website. His website is just flat out gorgeous. Oh, and just so many gorgeous guitars. So also for all of you church players out there, he does do a worship uh, leader discount for those of you who play actively at a church. So, is that uh, public knowledge? He makes it pretty public. Good. I, I mean, we can double check with him that he's okay with that being publicly announced. I feel like he, if he's announced it to groups with like 30,000 people on it, then I feel like that's might as well be public. Might as well be public on our podcast with a few hundred listeners. 
I think we're, we're pretty safe. So if you're listening, you're a worship leader and you're in the market for a, a custom, uh, definitely check out Chad. He does some great work. His yeah. price point, a normal price point is already approaching. Very fair. Incredibly fair. Actually, I, would, I, I think it's a little unfair. I think they should be more expensive. I think he, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, he just, he, he prices with the musician in mind. And then if you're a worship player on top of that, that's just the extra yeah. step of how could you not? I mean, if you thought that you could not afford a custom guitar, but you can, af- but you know, you can afford an American made like Fender guitar, you can afford one of his guitars. Yep. Be exactly what you want it to be. We recommend putting Lambertone pickups in them, but that's just us. We are a little, a little biased. A little biased, a little nerdy. As I stare at my Kramas. Yes. But I cut you off earlier, Andrew. You said, speaking of weird pedals, and I'm just now remembering that, and I'm super intrigued because I love weird pedals. I'm a fan. Um, So I guess that brings us to the topic for the day, and I'm going to launch it by making a bold statement, and we're going to hopefully convince you of that by the end of this podcast. My hope is that if you hear what I'm about to say and you think to yourself, that dude is crazy. He's hopped up on way too much NyQuil, really just needs to go to sleep because he's talking crazy talk. Oh, come here, kitty cat. Come here. Um, if that's what you're thinking in a moment, I want you to, I want to be able to change your mind by the end of this episode. So here we go. Drum roll. If you're listening, please do a drum roll. That'd make me very happy. I'm not going to do a drum roll. Because people would hear it and it would be awful. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You, as a guitar player, should always, at any point in time, have an unusable pedal on your pedal board for when you are practicing. If not, if not, if nothing else, when you're practicing, I think it'd be especially fun if you brought it with you on stage. Um, but the idea is have an unusable something that is super wacky. Something you're like, why? what would I ever do with this? And the reason for that is because if you've got something on your board that challenges you, you're not quite sure what to do with, take the time to noodle with it and play around with it. And I think that'll stretch you as a player. And as much as I want to uh, pretend like I'm a great guitar player, I know I'm not. Um, and as much as I like to say that I know a lot about effects, I don't know as much as I like to know. And one of the things that I think is really important is learning how to use all these different effects and trying to innovate in that way. I think it's just a really great way to stretch you as a player. You know, I really agree. And I'm curious um, what your current quote unusable pedal is. Well, so the funny thing is the, so what I would, so what I'm going to choose out of my budding collection is going to be my earthquaker devices, data crafter reason reason why I choose that one is because it's it's strange and I've heard so many people say like when they see it on my board say well what would you even use that for and I'm like well honestly I don't know like when I first got the pedal I I had vague ideas I know I wanted to use it for bass because at that point I was playing bass um, in a church band we were doing a lot of like synth pop kind of upbeat stuff so we just wanted to do like the this really hip and kind of like woo but and even in that application, it was just so strange. And my worship leader had to tell him, he's like, yeah, maybe just stick to the regular fuzz pedal. Um, because it's just so wacky. It's uh, 
if you're not familiar with the data corruptor, it's a PLL monophonic synth engine. And so it's got th- three different voicings on it. It's got your square wave fuzz, which is the super Velcro-y, d- disgustingly amazing fuzz. And it's just, you've just got one button for fuzz. That's it. it there's no other controls. Um, and then you've got um, an upper, or you've got two, I think it's two oscillators, but you've basically got an upper and a lower. Um, and it's all monophonic and it's just the sounds you can get out of it is just out of this world. Um, and I've had that now for about a little over a year and I'm finally at the point where like, wow, like here's some things I like to do with it. Here's some things I never thought would ever work for it, but it's so cool for it. <laughs> I like that you, I like that you say that because I feel like, isn't that the dream with those weird pedals? I mean, just today I, I had a friend over and, um, he was kind of messing with my pedal board and I pulled out that, um, that Benford 6100 I have by Pelican Noiseworks. And that has three different things. Yeah. It has the pitch shift delay. It has, um, um, I believe it's a hall reverb with the fuzz on the trails. And then it has a ring mod that has kind of like a cocktoi sort of sound on it. And, uh, he was just kind of playing through all of them and he's like, I can't imagine ever using any of these. And I looked at him like, really? And I kind of switched it over to um, the, the, the reverb, the fuzzy reverb and kind of adjusted the settings. And I said, you can't imagine having that like as one of your channels panned hard, hard left. He's like, no. And then I kind of switched it to the, um, the pitch shift delay and turn the time down real short on it. So it was kind of a slap back pitch shift. So it kind of is almost just like a shimmer. I'm like, you can't imagine using that. It's like, no. And I kind of adjusted the the ring mod. So it sounded like a hard tremolo. I'm like, not that either. And he's like, no, I can't. I'm like, wow, man, that's, I mean, that's so sad. I mean, I've had time to, to, to screw around with it. And he hasn't, but I'm like, man, that's just like the fun stuff for me is like finding those weird kind of noises and then sort of um, adjusting them to to kind of suit like whatever's happening in my brain. Well, I mean, there's that. I don't know. I feel like it's just like a good mind exercise. Um, like, are there unusable pedals? Yes. Unusable. Someone's going to figure someone out, gonna exactly. figure out someone's what to gonna, Yeah. Someone's going to figure something out and, and then everybody's going to like, whoa, hang on a second. What did he just do? Or she. Like I, I was having a conversation with um, someone about, about pedals and sometimes I feel like even the weird ones when, when they get um, demoed, the people who are doing the demos just know exactly how weird they are. So they kind of push the boundaries of the weirdness, but, but I feel like, um, things like, uh, so Dwarfcraft is famous. Dwarfcraft Devices, based out of Wisconsin, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I just love their pedals. It's some of my favorite stuff because it's just so weird. Like, they have this pedal that's two tremolos in one, which I just think is the coolest idea. It's called a Twin Stags. And they have one that I have on my, it's on my main board. It's the Grazer. And I was talking with Steve Rao from 60 cycle hum. And he said, as I had mentioned it to him and he's like, he's like, I don't know how, how I would ever use that. And I, I actually bought it 
fully unsure of how I would ever use it because it was just so cool and so weird. Yeah, I saw a demo on that one the other day. I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, you should come over and check it out sometime because it is so fun. That little grab feature. Oh, and you can randomize it and you can have the expression pedal attached to it. It's so inventive. I don't even know what it is, to be quite frankly honest. I Explain to me, what does it do? I'm, I just heard Gosh. it and I just thought it was weird. But It like, it's not a delay pedal. It's not um, a polyphonic pitch shifting kind of pedal it but it takes like little it like grabs your signal and then it grazes on it like a cow yeah <laughs> it kind of turns into something really weird and when i use it with um fuzz and my slide guitar i feel like it, my steel guitar i should say it sounds like an organ to me and um Ooh. people were commenting on one of the videos i posted of it um that sounded like a sort of like a polyphonic kind of thing. That could be cool. Yeah. Let me see if I can find an actual like description of what it does. It's super bizarre. It's fun. Um, it takes micro samples, quote, grains of your input and repeats some of them as you play. So you can define the sample length via on one of the knobs or an expression pedal and you can shift the little samples pitches so they become kind of duh, like it sounds shimmery to me but that's just sort of uh something i say a lot it's 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 hard to describe even like this write-up is about as accurate as i've seen it but uh it's weirder than that it's fun it's super bizarre i dig it I'm all about that. And it reminds me a little bit of something that Layla said when we, we either when we had her on or when I talked to her for that article for the fretboard journal, but that um, people, when she was watching her friend play guitars in the shop, um, cause she doesn't play guitar. She realized that he was adjusting his style to the guitar that he picked up. So that's kind of an interesting way to think about pedals is that, just what you have on your board is going to impact how you play. And I think that's a great reason to have the weird stuff because like you said, it can be an exercise in um, broadening your horizons. I feel like we're all at such a risk of just going to stuff that we already know when we sit down to play. I mean, how many of us sit down to play and just, play stuff we already know versus trying to to write guilty as charged totally same i've got like the same like eight riffs that like whenever i pick up a guitar i just gotta play through before i try anything else it's oh just, like, yeah part, like part of it that's just a warm-up routine and part of that's like i know these riffs inside and out and that gives me a feel for this guitar but then i also do that with guitars that i own i'm like i've played this gar guitar for hundreds of hours and I just like, I sit there and like spend half an hour noodling on things I already know. Like, what am I doing with my life? You're just doing what you what, go. You're going with what you know. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. But like expanding past that, I, right. I think that that's essential. Like that's just essential for growth. 
Because you had to grow to learn that stuff that you already know. Like, at what point do you stop, like, adding to your arsenal? Well, there's that. I don't know. I feel like... See, now this is giving me the gas bug again. Because now I'm like, I know how to use my weird pedal. And I had a ring mod for a while and I sold it. Um, and I get, I think all of the other pedals I have right now are relatively straightforward. I think, I guess the weird pedal I need to sink myself more into is my, uh, Earthquaker Devices Pyramids. That flanger? Yeah. It can do some pretty wacky stuff. I've got a couple of the modes figured out and how I like to use them, but I haven't gone through the whole pedal completely inside and out. I mean, it's just a lot of levels. It's a pyramid. It's a pyramid scheme. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> God, the dad jokes are strong. That makes me an asshat. And if you follow Earthquaker devices, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Do you want me to edit out asshat? Uh, you don't need to. All right. <laughs> but that's the thing that we did for their marketing. <sighs> that's funny. For the pyramids release. So if you were to get another weirdo pedal, what do you think you would get? You know, I so I've been thinking about that all day because I knew we were going to talk about this. And part of this is just sick brain. So I have had a hard time thinking it through, but I don't know. <laughs> um, the Like what always comes to mind when I think of like weird and wacky pedals is like, uh, here we go again, Earthquaker Devices Rainbow Machine. I need to start. Mm, oh, I, I would start. love to play that. Like, I hate like always saying like, "Oh, what about like name? Think of like talk about a pedal, Andrew." And I like automatically go back to something from the Earthquaker catalog. Oh, uh, but they make such great stuff. It's fine. Like, I mean, they're one of those companies where you can build a board so easily with just their stuff. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, they're like the Rainbow Machine. Like, I've played with it once in a Guitar Center. And it, like, I spent half an hour with it, and I just was so, like, weirded out by what was going on. Um, it was like, I think I was more confused than anything. Um, but I'd love mm-hmm. to get my hands on one of those. What is it in, like, a nutshell? Isn't the point of these pedals that you can't, like, define them in a nutshell, and yet here we are trying to define them succinctly? <laughs> well, so... It's a polyphonic pitch mesmerizer. Mesmerizer? As it's described on the Earthquaker Devices website. So I'll just, I'm going to read this verbatim off of the website. Rainbow Machine, polyphonic pitch mesmerizer. Welcome to the Rainbow Machine in all its synthetic glory. This is one for experimenters, adventurists, and noisemakers. Totally not for purists and or tone hounds. There are no natural sounds, that's in quotations, <laughs> I think that's sassy, um, that come from this box. It takes modern DSP and uses it as a tool of future past to create real-time pitch shifting using digital oscillators. And the controls on it are primary, pitch, secondary, magic, tone, and tracking. That sounds so cool. <laughs> I love it when they say not for tone hounds. He ain't nothing but a tone hound. Um, Whining all the time. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I, I just something about that speaks to me, and I don't know. I I have a feeling I'm going to need to get more pink petals in the future. Mm, 
Oh man, I can't wait for Hoops to put out that pink 1981 DRV. Yeah, that's going to be sick. I sent him um, a message and I was like, oh, just please tell me when you're about to do them because I really want one. Yeah, those are the, those. I mean, he's been selling those out so fast, it just boggles the imagination. Yeah, well, I mean, people just keep raving about them. Like, even people I feel like who are usually in in my circle, at least, who are usually a little bit like, uh, marketing. Uh, even they are like, it's a, it's great. He, you know, did his homework and put a lot of research into it. Yep. Yeah, though my my rule I think this year is I'm going to try to not buy any new reverb, but um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, so I've got a non-Earthquaker devices one before we I ask you the same question. I'm going to have to go with the Chaseless Audio Therme. Ooh, are you familiar with that one? The Therme is that um an envelope filter? No. Oh. What is it then? So, how do I explain this? It's a so it's an analog delay and a pitch shifter all at once, and what? so you can pitch shift the delays separate from the dry signal. Oh, that's cool. Um, like pitch shifting and modulation and like on just delays. Um, and this is um so it's all analog, including the pitch shifting, which I don't entirely understand how that's analog, <laughs> but it is. Um, and uh, so the Chase Bliss Audio's um, mantra is uh, analog, or sorry, digital brain, analog heart. So the idea is mm-hmm. all of the um, all of the signal coming out is completely analog. Except for the um, dark world. The dark world is a break in that tradition, mm-hmm. um, which part of me is like, oh, they're going off brand. What are they doing? And the other part of me is like, well, that's actually makes sense. I mean, that's a natural progression. Um, I mean, they've covered so much ground. It, it certainly cannot fault them. I think it's really cool that they're stepping out of their comfort zone. But oh, totally. I, I digress. So the Thermae itself, I just pulled up the website and I'm also going to read this verbatim and then I'm going to, geek out for a second that is I, everything that joel did with this i love so much and i really want to get my hands on it so chaseless audio thermae public bathing never felt so good <laughs> good start good start it's a great start <laughs> thermae represents a radically new approach to analog delay and harmonization the pedal digitally manipulates the analog signal path created by four reissued versions of the legendary MN3005 bucket brigade delay chips. This creates the ability to change delay time in musically interesting intervals, which allows for innumerable, op- innumerable options for harmonizing and other sonic madness. These intervals oh, cool. can be sequenced through, um, through automatically or triggered manually for ultimate usability in a musical context. Thermae can also be used as a more standard analog delay, yada, yada, yada. So it's, oh. it's also a standard analog with modulation delay. Uh, every knob and switch, and then the, they're just saying that every knob and switch is connected to the brain um, digitally. And so you can digitally control the analog elements that are, so yeah. 
every demo I've listened to, I'm like, there are so many sounds in that I would kill to use. See, I'm just so intimidated by their pedals that I I I watched some I've watched some of their demos of um like the tonal recall and I had to stop because I had so much want and can't I just uh, I struggle to pull the trigger. I owned one for a while and it Oh. Yeah, so I owned AI. It was the Chase Bliss Audio Spectre. And I owned that for the better part of a year. Well, I try to think. Um, it was when I was thought I was about to quit Guitar Center. Um, and so I was like, I don't have to follow the rules. What are they going to do? Fire me. And uh, someone had come into the store to sell it. And guitar, the manager on duty offered this dude a hundred bucks for, or sorry, $90. It was, That's right. Him. Yeah. So you offered him $90 for this. And he's like, uh, I don't know. Probably. I'll probably take that. Let me let me think about it for a second. And then the manager left the office and I'm just sitting there like, I've got a hundred bucks. I've got a hundred bucks. Hold up. And so I was like, hey, bud, like, so if you're interested, I'm not really supposed to do this, but I'm quitting soon anyways. Uh, I'll, how about I just give you a hundred dollars. You don't have to do any of the paperwork and you know it's going to go to a musician who's really going to cherish and enjoy it. And he's like, that sounds like an excellent plan. And it's that's a steal of the century. I mean, he knew exactly what he had. It's not like he had any illusions. He's just like, yeah, I just don't need it. Just offloading some stuff. Um, so yeah, he had like the original paperwork, the box, the felt bag, everything. Whew, that is lucky. That was my first flanger. And of course, then I ended up working at Guitar Center for another six months because I didn't end up quitting. Mm-hmm. So sorry, Scott, my old manager. Um, I apologize for doing that. Please don't sue me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my first flanger, and it took me. This is embarrassing. I just it just months of tinkering with it to f- slowly figure out what all the dip switches did on the back, and it was just so cool. I just got so caught up in how rad it was. It's my understanding that's sort of like a language. Like once you kind of understand one, moving to something else in their line is, it's easier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Uh, I picked up a brothers at a shop once and I after having had the specter for so long and I was able to figure it out really quick yeah that's awesome yeah Ryan Burke is Ryan Burke from six cycle hum has said the same thing it's it's like riding a different bike so like just like picking up a bike you're like oh wait the brakes are in a different part of the handlebar they're just like slightly different yeah um, but it that wasn't too difficult yeah um yeah no I really dig the format but the Thermae in particular has got my eye of just what a cool delay. So, yeah. Well, what do you think of um, pedals that have multiple weird things on them? Give me an example. So, all right. So, um, one of our sponsors, Sonic Cake Technologies, they they do um, their thing is doing mini pedals. Um, they have like a mini expression, mini wah. They have what I've I've bought I've I've bought with my own money two of them um, of five spot power supplies, and one of the spots can do like five hundred ma. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, so it makes a lot of sense for for my board with that has some kind of a big power jerks that just take up a lot. Um, cause right now my power supply, I have to use the courtesy outlet on it. 
So I right. think I'm just going to switch to using two of those little guys and sell the the big one because they're so much smaller. It's about the size of um um in Ohio. Ohio. Right, right. Yeah. Um, oh, hi there. Oh, hi. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, but uh, it just has the one 500 MA, so it's not quite as much. And it's like $47 on their website. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm looking at their site right now, and it's like 47 bucks. It's it, That's what I bought it for. And it, it shipped via Amazon, so it came in like two days. It was very surprising. But... um. To get back to the topic, sorry, I didn't. I didn't really mean to. Didn't mean to just go on a tangent about um, the Sonic Cake Technologies. Um, Sonic that's SonicCake.com, or maybe Sonic Ake, S-O-N-I-C-A-K-E dot com. But if you were in our Facebook group, I would probably just post it. Um, but they have this little guy, little baby called the fifth dimension it's it's less than 60 bucks and it has 11 different things on it it has a phaser it has two flangers one is quote a massive jet like flanger tone with plenty of feedback and a more classic one um a big sky which is of course based on the um (laughs) <laughs> the quote legendary solid state amplifier i imagine that's the jc120 i have the jc40 right. and i'm a fan and then they have a stereo chorus that has a tri- triangle wave um a tremolo actually two tremolos a vintage tube one a and an optical what is it a stereo pedal no it's not but it has a stereo chorus which is weird that's strange isn't it? Um, yeah, I only see one output. Um, it has like a phasing rotary effect, a normal a vibrato, an auto wah, and um, something called the lo-fi, which is a sample reducing effect. Um, but but the auto wah is interesting to me because this thing I've always sort of toyed with the idea of getting like i have a normal crybaby wah and i literally only use it when i'm playing um like a print song that's just that's that's it i used to um when i was in high school i would do Jimi hendrix covers sometimes for like talent shows or whatever and i would use it there but i just haven't really brought it out and I think the footprint is part of that, but I kind of wonder if I have an Ottawa and don't have to like think about it so much. Might I try it more? Interesting. Yeah, yeah, but it's eleven things, so that's a lot of weirdness in in one little one little baby pedal. It's super. Sad. I'm just like reading through it on the website. I'm a. Uh... I am. It's like throwing me off hardcore that the Big Sky is a chorus because <laughs> Strymon Big Sky is their big box reverb yeah oh that's a good point i wonder how they got away with that or if they really have dun 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 dun. please don't get them in trouble for everyone oh no um send the cnd to the fifth dimension please oh no they're just a little baby startup please don't hurt them i know i know i just needed to say that as menacing as possible (laughs) the cnd have you ever gotten one of those not yet 
I haven't I haven't either that I know of, but I've uh, definitely seen them. There's some restaurant in San Francisco that got one from <laughs> from KFC and they just posted it on their wall. Like like they framed it and everything. That's amazing. I think the beef was like having uh gosh, it was either finger licking good or eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> Like eleven's a lot of herbs and spices. One is salt and one is pepper. So it's it's nine spices. It's nine with salt and pepper. Yeah, but if um, but one petal that I one really weird fella I'd love to try out um is I have to open a new window here um electronic audio experiments. Our friend uh Brian was talking about that um. The founded by John Snyder, not of creation pedal boards, but the other John Snyder is if the world's not confusing enough. Um, he has this pedal called the Beholder. And I don't know, did you ever look through the Electronic Audio Experiments website and just kind of see what he has going on? Because it's some really cool stuff. Oh, no, I, I did look through it and I was really intrigued yeah the beholder, and then also the model fit was also looked really interesting yeah the beholder is quote a fuzzed out droning reverb pedal inspired by experiments with modifying other reverb pedals and running signal chains in quote the wrong order so it's uh fuzz after the reverb which is something that i'm a big fan of i have a pedal called the multicano by bookworm effects that's a spring reverb that uh, with fuzz on the trails and then the pelican noise works been for 6100 is a hall reverb with fuzz on the trails um and it's just so fun and so weird and just kind of adds an extra level of depth i mean one of my pet peeves is when people um are describing a sound that they're trying to get and then just use like the literal description of that sound so when someone says um we used reverb to create a sense of space like, well, yeah, that's what it is. But um, <laughs> adding fuzz to the trails just adds a little bit more ambiance and like depth and personality to the the feeling of this, the space in the room. That's super strange, but I dig it. Yeah. I feel like that's very like uh, my, my Bloody Valentine kind of oh, territory. Yeah, it's so shoegazy. And I would love to try out more shoegazy type pedals in uh in 2019. This would definitely be definitely be on the list of shoegaze beasts. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the pedal, but there's one from Old Blood Noise Endeavors that's also uh very shoegazy. And Julian Baker talked about it. I don't know. Julian Baker talked about it. She has it on her board, and she did the premier guitar uh, rig rundown. Uh-huh. And she mentioned it. I think it's like a chorus, but I don't remember. I they love... do some cool work. Yeah, she. they do some really cool stuff. Just from, speaking of weird, really weird stuff. Um, I've only had the pleasure of playing through one of their pedals. And uh, the verdict that I had was, that's weird. And then I wasn't really in the market for it, but they're definitely pretty high up on my radar didn't they gosh where did they get their start they're based in the middle of america somewhere i don't remember off the top of my head i think it's like kansas no all i remember 
not all I remember. So when I think of um, that company, I think of the Dark Start because I saw someone using like busking in Los Angeles and they were playing off like a little three pedal board. It was, uh, uh, they're like a strat and it was a Behringer overdrive. <laughs> I for I think it was a DD three and then, uh, this dark star and it just sounded so good. This little portable amp, um, they're just busking and playing like these really emo sad tunes. <laughs> and I was feeling particularly emo and sad that day, and it just spoke to me like, you earned a dollar, my friend. Nice. It was one of those, like, I actually put in $2 and realized that I was just letting go and wasn't even mad. <laughs> like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. Um, they're from Oklahoma. I think the excess is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because it's uh, chorus delay, and then... There's a knob for distortion tone and distortion on there. So I think it must have. Yeah. And you can run it in series or parallel. That's so cool. Oh, my favorite thing, man, about them is that they do all these special colors. I I think we might have mentioned them on when we're talking about um, collectible things. Like what makes a pedal collectible. But they've got something for every personality and I'm so here for it. Maybe I need to take that little bit of Christmas money I have and invest it into these folks from Oklahoma. Maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them Okies because nobody likes that. Oak chips. Okie. Have you never heard that phrase? I haven't. What? I feel like I should. Okay. Maybe it's, I listen to country music or also I've read the grapes of wrath. Have you done either of those things? I have read Grapes of Wrath, but it was a really long time ago. Well, Okie was considered a pretty derogatory term for people from Oklahoma um, during the Dust Bowl. And so when they moved to California, they just got called Okies. And it was kind of like being called a hillbilly or worse. And I take it they weren't weren't okay okay with that? They were not okay with that. Um, Until, uh, I believe it was Merle Haggard... But now I'm going to Google it. Um, Release a song called Okie from Muskogee. Uh, let me Google that. Yep, Merle Haggard did that. It's a sort of a tongue-in-cheek song about being proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. But it's also like, it's one of those songs where you can't tell if he's being serious or not. There's a great podcast called Cocaine and Rhinestones that does a whole episode dedicated to basically... Um, the song and how serious it possibly could have been um, and kind of how it affected Merle Haggard's career. It's really good listening. Not the song itself. I kind of hate that song. Oh, I like Merle Haggard. You can like Merle Haggard and not like that song. Like I love Elvis Costello, but when the long honeymoon comes on, I skip it. All right. Okay. I would say something really obtuse, but the NyQuil's starting to really hit me. Uh-oh. No robo-tripping tonight. That's probably got you more tipsy than um, like the whiskey or anything else that you would normally have. Probably, because I usually don't have that much to drink when I do drink. Yeah. Have like a drink, maybe two in an entire evening. I've had a few drinks over the course of uh, 10 hours. Spacing is key. Spacing is key. I did take a nap in the middle of the day, though. Uh, a siesta. A siesta. So, um, but tomorrow night is actual real deal 
New Year's Eve. So uh, Rick and I are going to go to Cali Burger. If you're curious about trying Cali Burger. Um, We're going to go there tomorrow before the big Artist's Home New Year's Eve celebration at the Neptune Theater, which is a really fun tradition where um, a bunch of people who are in local bands, uh, they sing like like fun cover songs sort of like no, i wouldn't quite say guilty pleasure stuff but it's kind of the the, the situation where like every song you hear you're like <laughs> you say you think to yourself i forget how much i love that song like um um alex from a band called cumulus the other year she did a teenage dirt bag by weedus uh we've had some prince songs um we've had some like salt and pepper uh just kind of all walks of life, just songs that you hear and they make you happy because you love those songs. And then there's this great, two, actually two backing bands. I think they learned something crazy, like 20 songs each. Shoot. Yeah, just for like one night. And uh, artists, it's I, I'm, I'm talking about it like people will still be able to go, but um, Artists Home, the organization, doesn't even take any money from it just because that band works so hard. The band gets all the proceeds. Nice. Yeah. So it's really nice, um, and I'm a fan, and I'm really looking forward to it because it's just so much fun just to see so many, like I'll have so many friends who are going to be both in the audience and on the stage. And um, I I hated going out for New Year's Eve until I discovered this this celebrations show. It's in the seventh year now, and I think it'll be my fourth year going. Yeah, fourth. That does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah. Are you just gonna be low key? Oh, we we've got a annual thing we do with family. Oh, fun! So yeah. Do you do the thing where you play the video of the ball dropping at like nine o'clock for your kiddo? He doesn't know what that is. Oh, that's fair. Oh. Oh, and and here comes Carrie. It must be nearing the end. I think it needs to be nearing the end because this nickel is about to knock me out. Well, uh, happy New Year to you, Andrew. Actual New Year, people are. It's already New Year for everybody else, so just... This is going to come out next week? I don't know, mid-January. So, yeah. Yep, this is the last thing we're doing in 2018 of any significance. Yeah, that's fair. Oh my gosh, you're right. Though I have to work tomorrow, do you? Yeah, I have to work mm. in the morning. And, be at my desk at and, Oh, yikes. Yeah, I'll be... Uh, Rick has tomorrow off, so I'll be expecting him to prep the coffee in the morning. Cool. <laughs> no, I hope he'll sleep in. Um, yeah. Well, again, happy New Year! Tell uh, your family I said hi, and to all of our listeners, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Find us on the social stuff, um, and we appreciate you. Definitely appreciate you, and I really hope that 2019 is treating you better than the end of 2018 has been treating me. <laughs> Uh, sounds like the bar is on the floor, Andrew. It is indeed. All right. All right. Well, um, bye. Bye. bye.